Welcome to the Crypto Campfire. They're not exactly lost in thought, more just lost. Mitch and the Professor, featuring special guest Amy Silverman. Hey guys, welcome back to the Crypto Campfire Podcast. This is the Professor and Mitch. And today we're going to be talking with Amy Silverman. Amy is a real estate investor and consultant and is interested in talking about how Bitcoin can play a part in the real estate market. So before we start talking to Amy, let's grab the crypto news from the Crypto Gent. Thanks, Professor. Hello, Crypto Campfire listeners, and welcome to the Crypto Currency News in a Flash with the Crypto Gent. Weak hands are out, says Brandt, the trader who called $20,000 Bitcoin top has called the Bitcoin bottom. Peter Schiff has lost his Bitcoin and he claims owning crypto was a bad idea. And it's a clampdown in good old blighty. As the taxman is after all crypto profiteers. That's the cryptocurrency news in a flash with the crypto gent. And it's back to you, Professor. Thanks a lot, crypto gent. So Mitch, I heard you've been uh, scraping snow off your roof this morning. Ugh, yeah. I got a steel I got a steel roof on my barn and when I built it I didn't put like uh that insulating vapor barrier between the the framing and the steel roof. So in the winter time now that I'm heating it uh I get ice damming a lot and it starts leaking in the in the barn so I got to kind of keep the roof clear so that it doesn't do that. And yeah, we had a lot of snow. This this winter just caught me totally off guard. No. Yeah, and you're not kidding. I was not ready for winter either. You know, no. it's like between having two trips for crypto conferences back to back right before the first snowfall and then well, yeah. technically we got we got snow in September, but the first big snowfall just really stacked up and and got me behind schedule on just about everything. So, yep. I'm, I'm right there with you. But that's all right. We get through it, right? Oh, yeah. We just have oh, to yeah. keep things in perspective is all. <laughs> Realistically, real world winter means crypto summer, right? God, I hope so. Bull run right around the corner, I hope. And right buy moon tickets next year. We <laughs> colonizing Mars the year out. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't wake me up. I think we're dreaming. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll pinch you. Don't worry. Don't worry. All right. Well, I'm interested right. in hearing more. Speaking about colonizing Mars, maybe uh maybe we could talk about the real estate world there in the next 20 or 30 years. But for now, Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you here. Sorry for having to start a little bit late this morning. It's been kind of a, not a crazy morning, but um, not a problem. We like talking to people from different industries because it, it always offers a unique perspective on how people perceive crypto. Um, before we get into that realm, we always try to get a background on the guests. So do you want to let us know a little bit about how you got into crypto? First off, how you heard about it and what you did before it? Yeah, definitely. So I've been investing in real estate for about 13 years. So that's, you know, one of the main things I was doing before it. But I also was just working a normal desk job and all those, you know, regular adult life things. Um, And honestly, I mainly discovered it on Twitter. I had heard of it, of course, you know, everyone has that time they heard of it a long time ago. And that's when they should have, you know, (laughs) first dove in deeper. (laughs) And I remember it was like, I was, uh, visiting some people in Dallas, Texas, and this father and son, who I didn't really know well, they were just kind of some friends of friends, were mining crypto, mining Bitcoin, you know, in their little bedroom or something. And I just 
I don't know. I just had no concept of what that actually meant. I thought it was a little weird, you know, like that <laughs> whole thing, um, and just didn't really pay it any mind. Uh, but yeah, then, you know, flash forward, I think it was about, you know, fall 2017 when, you know, the bull run was definitely like heating up, but before, you know, it had all, all the way peaked is when I kind of, it really caught my attention on Twitter. And I, you know, it was just one of those things where I happened to follow a couple people who were tweeting about it. And then I decided to download Coinbase and <laughs> the rest <laughs> is history. Once you start getting your, your toe in, you kind of get pulled in the rest of the way and then you're just hooked at that point. Yeah. Like and that was like a crazy time. Exactly. It was a, yeah, it, like, that was such a wild time, you know I mean? Cause I was probably, I probably bought my very first Bitcoin in like either September or maybe October. And then, you know, it just went way up from there. So it really, it really sucked me in at that point. <laughs> yeah. There was so much excitement, like ups and downs. And then, and then January came around and the ultimate for the run. And I mean, exactly. man, good times. Good time. I can't wait. It's coming around the corner. We'll, we'll see. Jerry, Jerry had a prediction on our last podcast that so he says there's an indicator he's watching that, you know, everybody's got that, but uh, I, I like seeing if people are ever accurate. So if Jerry's right, we'll be skyrocketing very soon. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't Go, that Jerry. Be something? Go Jerry. Come on. <laughs> right? Jerry. Don't let me down, buddy. <laughs> Work that magic, baby. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you end up in the real estate industry? I grew up with my dad uh, already in it. He was, he, you know, owning uh, rental properties, but also his day job was doing property management. So it was just a very, you know, normal part of my life. I was frequently having to go to random properties with him and he would force me to help clean and paint and all those kind of not so fun, odd jobs. But, you know, in retrospect, that was great because it really kind of normalized it all for me and it became kind of natural. And then when I got to college, he sort of forced me, <laughs> but I mean, I was willing, but forced me to house hack, which meant we um, just bought a little condo in the, you know, the college town that I was in, Boulder, Colorado, shout out to University of Colorado. Um, and I, you know, lived in one room and I had friends rent the other rooms and pay rent and I had to pay rent too. My dad wasn't really that nice about it. Like I still had to pay every month. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it was, you know, a great experience that he kind of, you know, got me into it that young and yeah, it's, it's grown from there. That's so cool. I, I can't, you know, I, real estate's one thing I've never really, I mean, obviously instead of, um, unless I was buying a home or selling a home, never really dabbled too much into. Um, but, you know, when I was a kid growing up, my, my parents always taught me that land and owning a house was like priority one, you know, because renting was just basically pissing money away, so to speak. And you had nothing to show for it after, after a time frame of being in an apartment. So, you know, I, I bought my first house at 21 which was pretty, pretty exciting. And, you know, just started this whole journey and I'm on my second home and I'm, I don't know that I'm going much anywhere from here. We've been here about 20 years. So I, uh, you know, I love it. And I, I can't see real estate actually like tanking, so to speak, you know, it's going to, it's going to fluctuate. Sure. Like it has in the past, um, recent past actually, but I don't think it's going to get to a point where it's just not worth anything. 
Totally agree. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some fluctuation to to be expected. And that's why, you know, I guess it kind of depends on if you are buying a primary residence versus an investment property. Obviously, those, you know, give you different motives and whatnot. But if it is going to be, you know, an investment property, one of the bigger things to always focus on is just like that the cash flow is what you need it to be so that if the appreciation doesn't happen for a while or if it even goes down for a while, you're still cash flowing strong enough that it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, the other important thing to keep in mind too, as with ind- any industry, uh, certain portions of that industry will grow uh, alongside technology and others will uh, be afraid of change and, and crash beside it. But um, realistically, as technology improves, we, you know, we always go down a little sci-fi rabbit hole. So forgive me here, but eventually there, there's no reason to deny the fact that we're eventually going to be colonizing something either in space or elsewhere. And you have to realize that as long as the industry grows alongside that, you're going to have this crazy boom in real estate, you know, along with the future of technology. So, you know, looking way ahead, there's always going to be a need for people to have a location or a space. So, and that's all real estate really is in in a way. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But also, if we're going to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole a little bit, <laughs> I would assume, and this is obviously just who knows, but I would assume that if it becomes worthwhile to colonize wherever else, maybe Mars, maybe something else, that would have to be because parts of Earth have become uninhabitable, in my right. opinion, right? So that is like a big thing to be thinking about in your, not in your, maybe your five-year plan, but in your 50-year plan is, you know, what areas could, you know, end up getting totally wiped out. Cause that's one way real estate might actually, you know, go all the way to zero is, you know, let's say Florida just breaks off and floats away, you know, like <laughs> that could be the, you know, the true worst case scenario, but yeah, I agree. Right. What then comes from that would be really cool. You know, exactly. Well, and that's why I say that, you know, portions of it will succeed with the growth in technology and portions of it will fail because, you know, the, the archaic ways always end up falling behind. And so maybe that's the entire real estate market as we currently know it. But as it evolves, that'll probably become a more fractional section of it. Um, and we'll kind of see more of a transition because this, I mean, this is long, long term stuff here. You know, even 50 years, it, we're not going to be. Yeah, I mean, much, exactly. Right? So, that's, that's an yeah, there's There's a multi-generational evolution happening. Um, continuously. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes in our lifetime. Um, I imagine we'll probably just have some, uh, you know, entertainment type space travel and that kind of stuff within the next 30 to 40 years, because, you know, I don't know, I think it's a lot of political stuff really that's dragging it all behind. What, uh, what, how do you look at crypto, Amy? Do you look at it as a currency or a speculative instrument? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I would, you know, I would like to look at it as a currency, but realistically, I don't know people who use it, you know, so I, I can't really, I feel like that's you kind of, yeah, you well, do well, know. Okay, right. I do, I don't do that, yay. But you know what I mean? Like in my day-to-day life, like I don't know people who right. accept it or, right. you know, so it's, it's, you know, it's getting there. Like, I think it will be a currency, but I feel like it's a little, it's, you know, using that term right now is like a little generous. Um, but I, you know, that's definitely, I would like for it to be. I am so sick of banks and our current, you know, system. Like it, it solves so many problems that, yeah, I mean, I'm, that's, that's the goal for sure. 
I, you know, we, we, we get on this topic often and I think my biggest argument is that if we don't start using it as a currency, how can that evolution actually take place? I understand there's a lot of things that need to happen to make it like massively adopted and um, widely used, but even in the small chunks that we currently use it as, I mean, like I use it to pay for airfare, um, and I'm hopefully, hopefully in the near future, we can use it to pay for Airbnbs. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll be able to use it to pay for Ubers. You know, I mean, we can already go to a dealership and pay for a car or pay for services for that car in cryptocurrency. Um, we can shop several places online and pay with cryptocurrency. Um, you know, there's certain bars in the Northeast, thanks to Johnny Litecoin and a bunch of different establishments that now take it as a form of payment because it is a currency. And there are actually, you can actually buy homes with Bitcoin too. There are actually places accepting Bitcoin, people right. accepting Bitcoin, et cetera. So, so everybody I mean, it's, says, it's well, it's too under. early for that, but you know what? And nothing ever starts until it starts. So, you know, the more people actually start using it and and let me give you a perfect example of a responsible or i guess i don't know maybe a somewhat creative way to to do this is to say i'm going to go to the store or i'm going to go on this trip and my plane fare is going to cost me 500 bucks and i'm going to take that 500 bucks out of my bank account and spend it to buy that plane ticket so why not take that 500 bucks buy some crypto, Bitcoin or Litecoin, and then use that money, put it into this system to pay for that ticket. So you're not really spending something that you're saving, but you're spending something you would spend anyways. You're just doing it with an added step of a cryptocurrency form, but then in turn puts it into this ecosystem that actually starts to evolve. So that's that's my philosophy on it. and And I agree with everyone to the sense that you know, it's too early. It's not really, you know, fully adopted yet. It's going to take a long time, but I think that time period can be shrunk with more people using it. I totally agree. I think, especially the the way you said it in the beginning, like we have to demand it and demand it from ourselves, but also from other people to, to, to make it happen. So like you mentioned, like there are people buying and selling, you know, real estate using Bitcoin and, that can increase, we just all need to demand it, especially when you're the one selling a property, that's kind of when you have the most leverage and you can kind of demand that you get paid or at least accept offers in crypto. Um, And you know what I mean? So it's like, that's, you know, if you're, if that's something you're really wanting to push, not you specifically, just you, anybody who's listening, like, then that's, you know, a really good way to do it is by just sort of demanding that when you control the sale, and you know that doesn't maybe doesn't necessarily come up often, but if everyone does it, it will push this forward faster. Absolutely, I'm gonna kind of come back to the real estate stuff a little bit here. I want to talk a little bit about how blockchain can improve the future of real estate and and the industry as a whole. When I when I first start to think about potential use cases of blockchain in real estate, the first two things that come to my mind are uh, number one, payments slash escrow, and smart contracts. Uh, and number two, using non-fungible tokens or some other sort of uh, identifiable token to 
handle deeds and proof of ownership and things like that. In, in your opinion, what kind of things are you looking at from inside the real estate industry that you think can be improved with blockchain? Oh my God, every single thing. <laughs> <laughs> every single nice. thing, I swear. No, every, I mean, yeah, so <laughs> first of all, I mean, the current system is so archaic and a lot of the laws and systems in place are just ancient, ancient, ancient. And so there is a huge amount of improvement that could come from just shifting to blockchain. Um, I mean, like you said, keeping, you know, the actual like, you know, money and escrow transaction, obviously, I mean, that's a given, but I mean, I've kind of heard, I guess it would be through a token or I don't really know, honestly, like what's the right way to, to, to phrase this, but basically that you would be able to put everything related to one property you know, on the blockchain. And then whenever something new happens, you know, then it's going to have to like get added and get confirmed. But like, so basically like not only every like buy and sell, but also like any like maintenance that happens. So like if it gets a new roof on it or, you know, whatever, like it doesn't have to right, be like exactly. a little tiny maintenance, but the, 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 you know, the bigger stuff. And then also whenever like an inspection is done and just like all those things could just live in this one place on the blockchain that everyone can verify and, you know, and can't get changed over time. Right. It would, simplify things in a way that we desperately desperately need the way um our current like title system is where there can be all kinds of like issues with the title on a property is there's just no reason for it to be this messy and i literally think it's this messy simply so that title companies and title yeah. insurance yeah. can exist those two industries are unnecessary. They just don't serve a purpose anymore with, you know, with blockchain and other, you know, technology that comes along with it all. So I think that's one of the things that absolutely needs to be eliminated is all this title bullshit. Once, sorry, but once no, it's on the blockchain, there's no, be plenty of those tonight. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like once that's all on a blockchain, like there's not going to be any debate, any discrepancies, like any needing to go verify with previous owners, like it's all right there there's no, you know, gray areas on this stuff. I mean, right now, the way the system works is like, basically all they care about is if you file papers correctly. And by correctly, I mean things like using black ink instead of blue ink. Like these are the type of things they have in place, <laughs> like literally. And so like, you could go, like I could pull up the address to any random property right now I could go to their county website and get a quick claim deed form, which is how, you know, a form to change ownership in that county. It's a one page form. As long as I just fill it out properly and submit it to the county, I have now like clouded the title on that property. They don't care if everything I wrote on that piece of paper is fake and made up and it never happened. As long as it's filed correctly, they're going to file it. And it's just like, it's, things like that just should not be, the reality, but it is. So yeah, that's just the start of my rant on why we need to change. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a really good point. Like some, some of that stuff is so archaic that, you know, it hasn't even evolved with normal levels of stuff. You know, some things are just so far behind with government filings of paperwork and things like that. It's just, it's really pathetic. But, you know, we're also going to see some of these issues going forward with, you know, when we get into blockchain too, we're going to have other issues that we have to face and things like, if a hack happens and all of a sudden somebody collects like 
five people's house tokens or whatever you want to call them, you know, and, and now it has Ooh. verifiable ownership of that house. Like, you know, how do we handle that? And obviously there's going to be, have to be some sort of legislation. And, and at the same time, like in the further more advanced future, there's going to have to be AI running some of this stuff to make it even work. And at that point, like, where's the point where we've gone too far where it's like, Oh shit, everything is screwed up now. We, we have no, you know, the digital system is no longer linked to what's really happening in the physical world. And, you know, so there's going to be true. some of the issues it's that true. we have to like, Right. Like where are those boundaries going to be? Like who's going to be in charge of keeping an eye on this stuff? All those things are pretty hard to imagine anyone agreeing on in right. the big picture. And certainly not while it's like boomers running the country, you know, I feel like it's going to take, <laughs> I don't know. It might be a whole generation before laws are, you know, able to change. I mean, think about how much of a change in mindset blockchain is going to require. Like most of us who kind of understand the tech still don't really understand all of the possible applications or implications of blockchain. So, I mean, I don't know. There's some really cool stuff coming up. There's some really scary stuff coming up and just like any new type of revolution or industrial uh, paradigm shift, there's going to be a lot of difficult times and a lot of issues that we go through. Um, but I think in the end, it's going to really improve things. Absolutely. I agree. And they did do an interesting like test on this in Cook County, uh, Illinois, which is where Chicago is. Did you guys ever like hear about that? No. No. What is it? I, I, th I think there was like an actual like name for this experiment, but I don't know what that is. But basically, they somehow talked the Cook County, you know, office into letting them test some real estate transactions on a blockchain. So they actually like did it. And I mean, overall, it went really well. Like everything kind of flowed as great as you would expect, except that all the issues lie in the fact that like our current laws, the way they're written just don't allow for it and so like as we just said i mean getting those laws changed is going to be you know a really difficult process but it was it, it was cool that they were at least just willing to test it and you know have that experiment and i would hope maybe we can start seeing more you know areas try testing things like that because that's going to be another huge step in just adoption and 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 you know working out all these issues like we we got to figure it out somehow so it's cool to see that some places are actually kind of starting to go down the road of testing things. But like you say, it's not happening enough. We need more of this like real world kind of scenarios to try and see what issues are going to come up. What, what about the payment side of real estate and crypto for that? What do you, do you see any issues with that? Or do you think that's almost just ready to go? No, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I mean, the only thing is just that so many people don't, like, you know, just the example you gave of like, if you're, you know, buying a plane ticket, you just take that $500, put it into Litecoin, and then buy it with Litecoin. Like just that simple process, I think a lot of people feel like it's too hard for them, even though it's not, but you know what I mean? Like, they're just not comfortable enough. But no, in terms of like the actual reality of it, it would be so much easier. And it would make transactions go I mean, quite a bit faster if you wanted them to. I mean, part of, you know, part of the current system is they like to kind of like drag it all out and like it's a slow process. And for, I mean, for me personally, that drives me crazy, but there's also tons of, you know, people who are already just out here buying and selling in cash, trying to, you know, close quickly, move fast. For all of those people, 
you know, this would make it so that you, like I said, you could kind of eliminate all the title people in the middle and you guys could just do that transaction, you know, between the two of you and make it, you know, as fast as you want it basically. Well, yeah, you take out that, all that time from the bank, you know, that, what is it? Seven to 10 day hold and, you know, on, on a large check of that sort and just the, all the paperwork that they have to do. I mean, we have become, you know, for, for his, uh, what is it? Logically competent country or world that we're trying to become, you know, when it comes to resources, but yet we still have shit done in triplicate on paper. I mean, you know, and all the ads, yeah, exactly. And all the ads that get stuffed into my damn mailbox every day. It's like, really? You know, I mean, they're still trying to reach people in this archaic fashion, but still wasting, you know, I mean, I highly doubt it's all recycled paper, but just, I don't know. I just think that it can, you look at a law, for example, a law that's actually printed out on a on paper how how thick would that be and how often do they do that it's so stupid totally i agree I think, you know I, I think technology we're just i guess we're we're such creatures of habits that it's hard for us it's hard for anybody to change those habits you know and get and, and get into this um technological world that we're in i mean you know there's still people out there that have dial dialing phones in their house i mean landlines it's like <laughs> why well i got rid of my landline years ago i'm like why am i paying for this every month what for what you know so it's just it's i think it's just that i think it's we're creatures of habit and it's hard change is never easy and i don't care if it's changed for the better or change for the worse, it doesn't matter. Change is change, and it's never easy to do. Yeah, that's exactly what it seems like. And yeah, it's going to be a process. But I really do think, you know, things like, I don't know, electing more young people <laughs> who understand <laughs> this stuff is going to really make a big difference. And if that doesn't happen, like, that's going to make it take that much longer. And But even on just local levels, like, not even just, like, the president, you know, I'm like, just we need to have people working in our county offices that can like understand these concepts and that they're worth like pushing forward on, you know? Right. Well, and I think, I think as, as, as everything matures, as time goes on, um, we will start to see a lot of the older stuff phased out, but you know, okay. So you made a point about it just being too difficult for someone to say, all right, I'm going to go buy some crypto and then buy a plane ticket with it or use it for this because mm-hmm. I'm going to it anyways. You know what? When was the last time that an evolution or that a revolution or a movement was easy? When was the last time that changing the status quo was easy? I don't think it ever has been. So why should, it, why should we complain about how challenging something may be when in the long run, it's for the betterment of everything? It's just a weak uh, way out for some people, in my opinion, you know, and I, I just, I just feel that, you know, if if you're in this space, there's two reasons you're in cryptocurrency. One reason is the money. And the other reason is the tech slash the movement, right? To me, it's the tech movement, the, the, the movement for freedom, the, the spreading of 
positivity throughout the world and changing views of people is what this to me more so is about um, than the money side of it. So if you're in this for the money, kudos to you. But if you're in it for, for changing the world, it is not going to be easy. And anybody that thinks it's going to be a, an easy walk in the park is sadly mistaken. It, it, the challenges that we see today are nothing compared to what's coming in, in reality. To try and get rid of an old, archaic cash system that's corrupt and controlled that that in itself is going to be so challenging and there's going to be so much that comes with it prepare yourselves that's all i'm saying because it's going to be a fight of many not a fight of one and because if it isn't a fight of many it will not be won by us so just something to think about sorry i rambled a little bit there <laughs> no, no, I, I think that's a really good point. And, and like, this is a long term battle. Like, this is something like, we're just getting started. Like, this is something you have to have a lot of like, patience of like, teaching people over and over again. And like, that's, but by every single person that you teach, like, was worth it, you know? Sure. Well, like, from a military standpoint, we're still setting up the mess hall. So it's gonna be a fun movement, and, and you know, it, you get out of it what you put into it. I think um, if you if you really believe in it, and it's something that someone is passionate about, so much positivity can come into their lives because of it. I think it's 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 um, it's sad when people don't get to actually experience that. It's not even Sunday, and I'm getting so damn philosophical. Damn it. Okay, <laughs> ask a silly question. It's for you. It's a, you want a silly question. Okay, okay. Um, if you could replace any part of your body with a mechanical device, what would it be, and how would you use it? Oh, my God. Is this for me? It is. It is. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, a mechanical device, and how would I use it? I don't know. I was not ready for this, but I'm going to go with eyeballs because I have bad eyesight. I hate my, wearing my glasses. So if we're going to go all the way, I mean, maybe like I can get some x-ray vision and, you know, some other upgrades, right? Nice. There you go. There's a good one. Yeah. What would you yeah. use it for though? Oh, right. What would I use it for? I mean, everything. Looking through the walls to watch my, yeah, my badass kids. Exactly. That's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Don't have to get up to see what they're fighting about. Right? <laughs> yes, that sounds great. They would hate that so much. <laughs> they would. <laughs> Perfect. Although I feel like my wife already has that. It's like she can hear them yelling and know exactly what's happening because of how they're yelling. It's like, well, how the hell do you know this? Well, yeah, I would say I'm pretty much at that, that point, too. <laughs> right, yeah, it's that mom sense, I guess. Yeah, you just hear it enough. Yeah, so, you know exactly what it is. Let me ask you, Amy, have you been to any um, meetups or any social gatherings when it comes to cryptocurrencies? I have not. I must be honest with you. Um, partially just because my kids are pretty young and I don't really like have a ton of free time for that kind of stuff. But also, I just don't even really... I mean, the community of crypto people that I know are all online. I don't really like have, you know, a in-person community, although that's kind of the point. Like I could, I could make the effort and find plenty of people I meet <laughs> in Denver. So yeah, I'm sure there's a huge community around here. <laughs> I was just curious. I was just curious because it's something that, you know, I, I started back in June. I went to my first meetup 
and um, it was in New Jersey. And there was like five of us that got together. We rented a car and all drove out there uh, together. And it was, it was pretty awesome. And, you know, it was like my first one and it just changed a lot of my perspectives on what I was doing this for. So I was just curious if it had something, if it was something that was in your area, um, you know, or if you're looking to maybe go to any conventions or if you're familiar with Bitcoin Ben at all or just stuff like that, you know, um, I think it's a big, it's a way when you, you know, yeah, everybody's online and we're so tied up with technological age that we get attracted to a computer screen instead of an individual. Um, and when you actually meet somebody face to face, have a cocktail with them, break bread, you know, shake their hand, look them in the eye. It's a totally different um, experience that you get from that human interaction versus the, you know, the fun we have on Twitter or, or other social media. So I just, if, if it's something that ever presents itself as an opportunity, I would strongly recommend it. Well, yeah, definitely. I will. I'm going to take that advice, honestly, because, yeah, I agree. Honestly, like, I mean, I've, there's great networking on Twitter, and I love it and all of that, but the in-person meetings are much more, like, substantial. I feel like that that's the only networking that really, well, not the only, but that's the main networking that really, like, gets you places in life, and, yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of one of my goals. Like, so my youngest is three, and so these last couple years have been, like, I just, you know, I've been in baby land, but now that she's three, I'm like trying to push myself to kind of get out and do more, you know, grown up stuff. Yeah. Young, young children tend to, um, to slow that process down a little bit. They sure do. They love to just, <laughs> you know, drain ya. That's all right. <laughs> it's fun though. It's fun. They, they definitely take up a lot of time, but, uh, yeah, every, every once in a while you gotta, you gotta get out there. Yeah. Just gotta get the babysitter. Make it happen. It. And yeah. Exactly. Well, if you if you find one and you have some fun there, I hope you uh, have kind of a similar experience as we did. It was always, every time you go to one of these meetups or conventions, number one, you it's like you always seem to run into somebody that you know online, which is crazy, and and really fun actually to put a face to a random Twitter handle, you know, and yeah, it really definitely. takes it to the next level. And then you really get a feel for that person and their passion and their energy for the space too. And you can just have a next level conversation because I mean, this is the reason we started the podcast because we talked to so many people on Twitter, but you can only have the, the conversation can only go so deep when you have a character limitation and threads that are worthless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we were like, well, let's have a podcast and try to be able to talk to people a little bit deeper. It was all about the community and not trying to get, you know, all the CEOs and stuff like that, because we just wanted to take our normal conversations and, and extend them a little bit. So it's, it's been really great to take that even further and actually meet people in, in real life. And, uh, you know, I sit down and have lunch or dinner with them. And it's a great experience. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And it's great that you guys, you know, went went that next step and did the podcast too, because it gives people just, I don't know, an even bigger network of and, and like hearing more like authentic, you know, like perspectives. And that's, I think that's what it's really all about is perspectives. I, you know, and I, that's, it's so fun. I mean, the, one of the podcasts we did not, not too long ago, I think it was with Matt center. We got on some debate back and forth about, you know, hodling versus spending crypto. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it was, it's just fun. And I mean, we're both passionate and, you know, all three of us are passionate individuals and we have our strengths of belief 
And for us to be able to accept that of the other and still open our minds to hearing the other points of view. And I think so many people lose sight of that in everyday, day-to-day life is that it's not just, there's not one way to, to make something happen. There's multitudes of ways. So once we close our mind and say our way is the only way, I think we stop growing. And when we stop growing, we slowly fade away. But, and that's one of the beauties I think that this podcast brings in so many different facets because it's just, it's comfortable, chill conversation. Um, it's not way too technical and it's something that the average person can listen to, get a good giggle out of the, out of on the way to work. Um, and just, uh, you know, take something positive from it. And that's, I think that's to me what, what means most about this. Yeah, I think it's really a, a great thing for people. And, you know, there's lots of, there's plenty of people who are maybe, you know, a little bit more introverted and don't necessarily like love having to do the back and forth of talking. But like, I know personally, I love listening to podcasts. I listen to podcasts like too much practically at this point. But it's like, a you know, it's just a great way to like still get that interaction while you're, you know, doing other things in your day. Definitely. And sometimes you can get uh, some interesting perspective on other things totally unrelated to crypto. Like, I understand that you once made deviled eggs and barbecued jackfruit and should we or should we not try that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it was really good. I definitely recommend it. But you also, if you're, if jackfruit seems a little like whatever ambitious for you, you know, just like shredded chicken or like pulled pork would would accomplish the same thing. That was when I was on my like vegan kick, which is (laughs) sort of ended. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just sort of I would have a hard time with one of those. I would have a real yeah. hard time with that. I'm from Montana, like so meat oh, and potatoes are like yeah, a staple. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, just go with, you know, your meat of choice. But it's a good combination. I liked the, you know, the barbecue with the deviled eggs. I don't know, it was good. Well, I've got some fresh elk in the freezer. I was thinking about making up some barbecue <laughs> beef style elk and doing like a, there's a local pizza company that does barbecue beef pizza. And it's Ooh, really yeah. fucking good. So I was thinking about doing that with some elk. So if I've already got some shredded meat with some barbecue sauce on it, I guess I could whip together some deviled eggs and Dude, have, it go. have you ever cooked a pizza on the barbecue, like a charcoal grill? Oh, yeah. I got a Traeger, dude. It's amazing on the Traeger. <clears throat> Gives it that smoky flavor. Yeah, it's good shit. I like to take a couple pieces of hickory um, and put them in with my charcoal. Oh, and yeah, soak them up a little bit first to get them yeah, wet. Yeah, and just let that let that natural wood, you know, actually cooking with wood and the charcoal really gives it that unique flavor. Amy, I, I, I'm kind of curious, how, how did our paths cross? How, how did you find us? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying Sorry. to remember this. I, <laughs> not, I recall, not that it wasn't very memorable. I'm sure it was very memorable, but no. I, I think it was just a quick interaction on Twitter. If, if I remember right, somebody – Either they tagged us in a post where you were like asking about podcasts or. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Something along those lines. But I don't even know who made the connection or what because. I don't recall. But it was for a reason, I suppose. Exactly. Our paths were aligned. (laughs) Indeed. indeed. You know, okay. Another one that believes in that. I love it because no, there are no coincidences in life and you don't run into people or meet people by happenstance. I don't believe. we're all meant to cross paths at one point and it's usually just the right point in our lives that actually helps to define a lot of different things um this whole space has really changed and evolved my mindset when it comes to that um i mean 
just from a giving and caring perspective for other people, you know, not looking at things so much from a self-centered perspective, but from a, uh, an everyone perspective, you know, getting rid of the, the I or the me and thinking about we and us. Um, I, I think that's a lot of things that I've, that I've actually grown in this space with. And I, I really appreciate having had that experience. It's been fun. Definitely. Yeah. I, I've learned that. Yeah. I mean, every little networking thing leads to more and you, you know, you never know where it's going to go, but like you said, like it's, it's, it's all kind of meant to, to get you where you're going. And so I like to just, yeah, kind of be open to it all. And here we are. There you go. <laughs> so Amy, one more question for you before we close out here. Have you ever mm-hmm. used a crypto ATM? No, and I've never even seen one. I would love to. Like, if I see one, I'll definitely use it. Um, but no, no, that is an unknown experience for me. Oh. Yeah, you definitely got to try it out. We uh, So CoinFlip, our sponsor, uh, they just became number one in the world as far as uh, ATM placements. They've got like almost 300 or over 350, actually, crypto wow. ATMs out there. So That's pretty awesome. I would highly recommend checking out CoinFlip.tech. They've got a map right on the homepage. Just check it out and see if there's anything near you. I will do that. And if there is, go out and, and play with it and see what your experience is. And uh, if there's any others in the area, try them out too and let us know kind of how they compare if you if you feel so inclined. But Yeah, that's a good idea. And there's always opportunities to place ATM. So if you feel like that's something that you wanted to get in your area, um, you can reach out to us or JMac or CoinFlip. And, mm. and, um, you actually, Absolutely. They actually pay people to place them, which is kind of cool. You don't actually have to rent the space or anything. So Well, since, okay. we're, on, since we're on ATMs and before we let Amy off the hook here, uh, <laughs> I'm going to share this experience from last night. I, I was heading out for the night and I stopped at this party store that's um, usually it, it's on my route to the expressway. Okay. Every day I pass it. I stopped in there yesterday and I was got something to drink. And um, I said to the guy, I says, Hey, uh, cause I was walking out the door and I seen they had an ATM machine in there. I says, you think um, I could get the business card for the owner? And he goes, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. He says, what's up? And I said, well, I'm just curious if you guys would be interested in putting in a, um, a Bitcoin ATM in this, in this um, party store. And he said, seriously? I said, yeah. He goes, wow. He's, he's just, can we actually take it as payment too? And I said, well, yeah, it's, it's a currency. And we went back and forth and he goes, I've been trying to get into crypto and all this stuff. He says, would you mind if, you know, I reach out to you and, and maybe you could, uh, kind of point me in the right direction. I said, absolutely. You know, and I said, and then I'd love to talk to the owner and see if he's interested in putting in this ATM, you know? Um, and I don't know, I think it'd be a win-win for everybody. And he goes, Oh, that just sounds so cool to be able to start taking crypto for payments. He said, that would be neat. So, um, you know, it's, unless you ask, you don't, you, the question, or unless you ask the question, the answer is always no. And, uh, you never know until you ask. So it's just, it's fun to, be on that side of this movement, right? To be on that side to say, hey, have you ever, or do you ever think of and and get people's reactions from it? So it was it was a fun experience, and I'm hoping that um, I uh, get a chance to speak with that owner and actually get him a coin flip ATM set up in his party store. I think that would be really cool because by us, there's not anything like that. I I've, I've not. I mean, Ann Arbor, yeah, but that's like the big city stuff. Um, and this is a party store that everybody stops at on their way out or way in to our area. So 
you know, I think it'd be a, you know, it's going to start more people see what Bitcoin ATM. They're either going to say, oh, cool, I can take out some crypto or they're going to (laughs) say, damn, let me get some of that, you know, or what is it? So it's just another step towards bringing adoption, you know, coin flip being on the forefront of that movement and actually having the lowest fees in the industry um, really sets a standard, in my opinion, for crypto ATMs and to um, be responsible within the industry as far as fees go. So that's a whole nother story and a whole nother podcast. Amy, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us today. This was a lot of fun. Um, Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. And my brain is like, I am churning this ATM idea now. I got to do some research. (laughs) Mitch, do you remember what the numbers are? The placement, the placement payments or payouts that have the machine there? I, if I was gonna if I was gonna speculate, I think I recall hearing a number in the three hundred dollar range, but I don't know if that was I don't I'm not exactly sure what that was. And then there's a percentage of um of the fees that the owner gets, whoever's holding it in their store gets a percentage of fees, I believe. Um yeah. but yeah, I'm looking to attain all that information as well, Professor, so that we actually have that. Again, Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a lot of fun. It was great to to be here. Thank you. Definitely. We'll, we'll get to that info and we'll talk soon. Uh, I think we should probably schedule another one of these at some point because I think there's a lot more uh, we could talk about, especially on the real estate side. So um, yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, I would love to. Shoot for something here in the next three or four months or so and uh, kind of follow up. Yeah. Well, when it comes good. to pot and grow houses in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of i saw some pretty glass and yeah we, absolutely. We're, not done. we're not did done. i hear you're in michigan because that's like the new hotspot yes, i know it yes. is and i'm in the construction industry so I, I i'm a carpenter by trade and there's quite a few of us that are just booming with work from these grow houses it's pretty insane Nice. Wait, we need to, we need to talk privately because I have a lot of work in Michigan that I might need. Do to you really? Get your expertise on, yeah. See, no coincidences. No, no coincidences. coincidences. Yep. Right. All right. Well, I'll, I'll DM you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That sounds perfect. Look forward. To awesome. It. All yeah, right. Yeah. We'll, talk well, thanks to for you talking. With us. This was a good one. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Dang, that was fun. I love it when the definition of no coincidences like materializes during right. the conversation. Like pure definition. <laughs> it's amazing. It is. He'll be all over this. Oh, he is. He is. Oh, and speaking of, and I know this won't air anytime real soon, but I'm I'm gonna do a um happy hour with Plant and Lisa in about an hour. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah. So that'll be fun. I'm sure that'll. I think she does them live. I think. Yeah. Yeah, she usually I, does. I think so. So that'll be fun. So keep your eye out for it. If you have time, if not, you'll catch it on the reruns. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll watch it. We'll see if, if I can catch it live. I will. I'm going to play a game with my oldest for a little while. And I'm not sure how long that's going to last. So as soon as we get done with that, I'll hop on and try and catch it. And Hell yeah. You know, the best thing I think about these podcasts is that we both, we both t- always walk away learning something. Yes. And a lot of times time. we end up, sharing something with somebody that they've never heard of or they're not aware of or you know or you know change the mindset or change the thought process i love it i i, I just love how that evolves yeah it's amazing this was a really good one uh saturday mornings are sometimes a little bit rough but uh <laughs> yeah. this one we, you know before we started it we were having a hard time with with being awake <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> trying to to function 
and make yeah. words and etc. <laughs> and you know, you know, just a few minutes in, and and uh, boom, you know, sometimes you have a really good one. Sometimes it clicks, and everything works well. And and this was one of those times. Yeah, there's there's many more tangents that the three of us can venture down. So I'm looking forward to number two on this one. Heck yeah, heck yeah. She and, and she was a lot of fun. I uh, I really enjoyed the conversation for sure with her and. You know, I'm curious now to uh, hear more about her real estate endeavors here in Michigan. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There should be some fun in that. Heck yeah. Sounds good to me. So oh, yeah. until next time, guys, thanks for joining. We hope you enjoy the show. And as always, we keep doing this for you guys. We hope you really enjoy listening and sharing the excitement that you have for the podcast. It, it always means a lot to us. So until next time, you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Peace.